0: Welcome to Goddess Rising. I am Brooke Kikos, your host, a trauma recovery coach, RTT therapist, and NLP practitioner. Join us in unlocking the power from within and using our voice to create real change for women, to empower, learn, expand consciousness, and uplift each other. If you have been burdened by a past of trauma, abuse, and toxic relationships, this is a safe space to learn and embody your truth. It's time that we embody our feminine energy and become the goddesses within and stop allowing others to dim our light. I am here to help you shift from shame, people-pleasing, codependency, and the belief that you are not enough and shift into expansion of your real potential. It's time to say no to toxic behaviors and say yes to unapologetic self-love. And this is where we find the healthiest relationship with ourselves. welcome back to goddess rising the show where we dive deep into topics related to mental health personal growth and self-discovery i am your host brooke kikos and today we're going to explore a crucial topic that affects many individuals codependency and its connection to the fawn response we'll dive deeper into that here in a second but let's start by defining what codependency is codependency really is a pattern of behavior where individuals excessively rely on others for their emotional well-being often to the detriment of their own needs and boundaries it can manifest in various forms okay excuse me from seeking approval to enabling harmful behaviors and others and i just want to be clear there really is a wide range of how codependency shows up okay each and every individual is different but on some level i truly do believe that each and every person has some form of codependency behavior Um, because it's kind of the way that we've coped in our environment, right? And this is really coming from a fawn response, which is a behavior that we use to be accepted and loved. And of course, we all want to be accepted and loved, right? But let's dive into the fawn response and what that really is. This term comes from the trauma expert, Pete Walker. And if you've never Um, Read any of his work. He has phenomenal books. I love his um, complex PTSD book really it goes into a deeper dive into our um, stress responses But what he refers to in this book is how fawning is really a survival strategy That some individuals develop particularly in response to childhood trauma or toxic relationships he also describes fawning as a response to a threat by becoming more appealing to the threat you might have to listen to that again okay this means that perhaps we are mirroring or merging with others desires or expectations in order to diffuse conflict and find safety so this really often means that we surrender our boundaries we can lack assertiveness when we're fawning and we over accommodate and appease and submit to that very person or people who have harmed us. Because trauma responses are not a choice, okay? They are the body's instinctual reaction to danger. Because fawning is an unconscious attempt to keep us safe and maintain connection in an unsafe environment or relationship. So we automatically begin to just do this behavior. And most of the time, guys, we're not aware that we're doing it. It becomes habit. It becomes, and we always call it creatures of habits, right? Well, that's what fawning is because on some level, we had to make sure that we could stay safe. So fawning can actually really appear like it's part of your personality and you could not even know its origins Right. And know that you're even doing this traumatic response to a threat and continuing to do it because now it's a habit. Now it's a part of you. Now it's what you've been doing for so long. And now you're just showing up that way. And this trauma response really is so common, especially in complex trauma survivors. So take a second to just kind of sit with everything I just said. I know that was a lot. This is deep. This is heavy talk. But thinking about this. okay, well man, how do I surrender my own boundaries? How do I lack assertiveness? How do I fawn? I know that I was a very, very chronic fawner. Um, in fact, I still catch myself doing this sometimes. And yet i never saw myself as a people pleaser, certainly not at my own expense. I didn't think I was even doing that because it was an unconscious behavior. I was not aware of it because the phrase alone, people pleaser really inspires shame and judgment, right? It makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't wanna be a people pleaser, that's bad. That's gonna bring shame on me, right? Like the sayings, don't be a doormat. Why don't you put yourself first? I remember this one so much that came up in my own um, journey. You have no backbone, I would often be told by my ex-husband. And I would feel hurt, but I wasn't really able to see that in fact, I didn't have a backbone. I had no boundaries. I wasn't assertive. I did people please to a fault and I would feel hurt that he would say that, but oddly enough, this was like an advantage for him because he was also the abuser and I was able to have no boundaries and that was to his benefit, right? Because I was people pleasing. I was giving him everything that he wanted. So it's just to recognize that this is a learned behavior and it requires a lot of awareness to see when we are doing it and lots of practice of unraveling and not doing it anymore. So some signs of fawning. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. Stifling your own needs. Finding authentic self-expression challenging, perhaps even to the point where you don't use your voice or your expression at all. Um, Really hiding out. Flying under the radar, making sure that you can kind of stay hidden in the shadows and no one really pays attention to you. Having trouble saying no. Over apologizing, meaning that every time that you perceive that you think you did something wrong, you're constantly saying I'm sorry to anybody. I know that was a huge one of mine. I used to say I'm sorry all the time for things I didn't even need to be sorry about. Holding back opinions or preferences that might seem controversial. So making um, yourself be afraid of conflict, right? (laughs) Not really kind of expressing um, what you would prefer. And while fawning is really meant to neutralize danger, um, on this level, perhaps you are in a safe environment, we can still be doing this behavior in abandoning our own needs and then reinforcing our own wounds so with learning about this trauma response i felt like i finally felt seen perhaps for the first time in my life because it made sense to myself because um this did inspire shame in me it really helped me understand my state of mind in child and childhood and how i had to reflexively respond to life like all trauma responses fawning wasn't a choice. It was my survival. It meant my survival to me. Um, I had to do this to be loved and accepted. So we're going to talk a little bit now about codependent tendencies or fawning and how they can be traced back to childhood experiences because it usually starts there in our foundational pieces So this could include growing up in a family with addiction, neglect, or abuse. And as a teenager for myself, living with a more controlling father um, that had the narcissistic tendencies, I remember feeling like I was not capable of making him happy. He would swing from icing me out with the silent treatment and withdrawing his love to really steep punishments then to the other side to giving me lavish gifts and a bunch of attention and praising me for the things that i did right, right if i performed so he would shame me often when i made mistakes and this made me so desperate to gain his approval i would do things and say things to get that approval so i could get his love and gain his love by saying the things i knew he wanted to hear I started to you know, look in my environment, what do I need to do and say and be, and how do I have to act to get approved of, accepted, love? Because that was the only way he was going to express his love to me if I was doing what was acceptable in his eyes. And in the meantime, I was swallowing all my rage for how he treated me because I feared if I let that out, what would be the consequences? So that was really a struggle for me. I felt like two different people here was the real me and the one that I had to become in order to endure my circumstances. And realistically, I don't even know if I ever really knew the real me until much later in life, because I had to wear a lot of masks to show up and be the person that I thought I had to be. And I really began to see how I chased for that approval for really the majority of my life, until I was well into my 30s, until one day I just realized no matter what I did, it was never going to reach his standards. It was never going to be good enough. At least that's how it felt in my eyes, because I didn't have the chance to experience my value or my worth, or be accepted for just who I was in a safe and nurturing environment. So my body and my way of being learned to fawn, trying to keep Everybody happy, trying to keep the peace in order to prove myself worthy or lovable or valuable. And I repeated this pattern to such a degree that by the time I learned about fawning, I had decades of unconscious behaviors to unpack. All the ways I would privileged other people, tolerated abusive behavior while propping people up. And this can become really exhausting. And maybe you can understand this experience. Maybe this is your experience too. Maybe you're taking some of these things from what I'm saying and you're like, oh my gosh, that sounds like me, right? Because if in childhood, we have to withhold expressing our authentic emotions, whether that be sadness, fear, anger, whatever is coming up for us in order to avoid the potential wrath or cruelty um from a parent or a caregiver, this can really result in us turning those negative feelings inwards towards ourselves. And we become self-critical, we self-loathe, and perhaps sometimes we even create self-harming behaviors. Right. And then in adulthood, this unresolved fawn response can then become the root of the codependency, the depression or the somatic symptoms that are going to show up for, with pain and illness or, or anxiousness or um, social anxiety is a huge one for a lot of people that struggle with this response. Because fawners experience very little safety or perhaps even a false sense of safety um, while they're children um, in these environments. And often then what happens is they recreate it in their relationships and stay in those type of relationships and continue to do the fawning behavior. And then the nervous system of that fawner becomes accustomed to not only tolerating chaos, but also reenacting this trauma and this trauma bonding. And this is really why I found myself in so many dysfunctional relationships over the years, whether it be friendships or romantic relationships. And the more I've understood and discussed my experiences of fawning, the more I'm hearing from countless other people who have a similar story to tell. And if you are one of these people, please reach out to me. I would love to hear your story because this is about finding our voices after truly a lifetime of shame. Like we are able to now remove the blame from ourselves and we're able to place it where it belongs. And understanding that we did what we needed to do in order to survive that environment, but now we're finally finding a truer sense of safety within self and that doesn't have to compromise any part of who we are. Now we can fully express ourselves. So I ask of you, how do you hold yourself from expression, from fully expressing yourself. Who do you fear? How do you hold back what you need to say in all honesty? Really sit with those questions. And this is about reflection. And this is another thing that I really want to bring into this space is to have questions to help you have this reflection that perhaps you wouldn't have in your everyday. Because you want to just say, okay, well, is this fear even real? Or is it a learned behavior of a fawn response? And it's why I stay quiet. Because I had an experience recently where a client um, expressed to me that she really struggled with saying how she feels to her partner. And this could just be in minor things, let alone large things. But not because she needs to be afraid of him. In fact, he's quite loving, quite understanding. But when we dug into it, she could pinpoint and we i could help her guide her to the fact of why she did to this why she did this behavior we were able to identify and connect that in her childhood her mother often dismissed her feelings when she tried to express them so it was her conditioning and her original programming as a child not to express because if she felt that she needed to express something and she did and her mom dismissed her all of a sudden there was the story of oh i guess i don't matter and that would leave her feelings not seen and not heard so now it's been causing issues in the relationship because it didn't leave space for her to believe or trust that she could have open communication because a part of her didn't feel safe to say what she needed to And this was connected to her childhood because all these experiences are in your psyche they're in your subconscious part of your brain your mind and if this has become something that has been true to you you'll still feel it in your adulthood so with this example you can just kind of see that this is a way to see how our fond response can be there because we want to make other people feel comfortable right? We don't want to cause conflict, So we hold ourselves back from using our voice and fully expressing yourself. And this can really just show up in so many ways in our life. But the reality is if even if we feel a certain way and we hold back what we really need to say, we say nothing, that feeling doesn't go away. It just gets trapped in our body and it manifests in other ways. You know, maybe that's resentment, right? Maybe that's bitterness. Maybe that's guilt. You know, it's going to show up one way or the other. So it's really essential to recognize these codependent behaviors in ourselves because we need to understand this if we're going to be in relationship, right? And that's not just romantic relationship. That's in any relationship. We have to hold up that magnifying glass to those sneaky signs of codependency and how they sneak in, right? Because they are, they're like, it's just there can be silent but really powerful ways of how we are acting and behaving because it's not always the obvious stuff right maybe it's you know maybe you're not morphing yourself into a human pretzel to please everyone around you but maybe it's more subtle dance of behaviors that's making this codependency where it show up and make you have relationship challenges right So the first one would probably I would say is the yes, the yes person. I am the yes man, the yes girl, right? When you say yes to plans or you agree to things just to avoid problems, um, it's like being on autopilot and like you're scared to say no and disrupt the peace. But here's the thing, keeping harmony by hiding your true feelings isn't a real win. So I want you to remember that. Um, It's going to um you're going to feel it in your body when you say yes to things when you really mean no your body is always speaking to you it's always talking to you so try and pay attention to that then there's also the martyr right ever feel like you're constantly putting other people's needs before your own well that's kind of you doing this mambo of being the martyr it's like dancing to sacrifice yourself, thinking everyone else's happiness matters more than yours. And I just want you to know this dance, it leaves you with sore feet and a bruised heart because you're going to be exhausted if you continue to do that in these areas of your life and you do it repetitively, repetitively, because you're going to never feel like your needs are met and you're gonna be coming from a depleted space more often than not. Another big one is emotional mind reading, right? Have you ever done that where you're like, oh, okay, I have this secret power. I'm gonna read a mind of whatever's going on for this person. Um, well, and with codependence, we kind of feel like we can read people's minds. We assume, we make assumptions, right? We start assuming we know exactly what someone is thinking or feeling without even asking them. But here's the trick real communication means asking questions, not playing mind reading games. Okay, that's that tricky dance of this codependency that comes in because when we think that we can sense how someone feels, we can start to make assumptions and then we can convince ourselves that we know what's going on in this person's emotional world. And the problem is, assumptions can lead us down the wrong path, truly because it makes us feel like we're in control, but really we're not in control. It's better to communicate, right? And not play the game of making the assumptions because real communication is like this dance where both people openly can share their feelings. And it's not just this solo act of you trying to figure out what's going on and then trying to, to um, you know make things work out for them or people please in a way so that you can make sure this person is is happy. So just think about that. How do you do, how do you show up with that and trying to figure out other people's feelings or making assumptions. And the next one I would say is guilt tripping yourself. That is a sign of codependency. You, your guilt makes you feel responsible for everyone else's happiness. It's like carrying around a backpack full of guilt rocks, thinking the world might fall apart if you put them down. Like, you're just thinking, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, then this is going to happen. You're guilt tripping yourself. You're making yourself feel like you have to do something in order for someone else to be happy. And that's just not true. You are the only one that you can make happy, right? You can do other things for other people. You can take care of people if you have the capacity to if you're not overextending yourself, but and on, on some level you have to know that you're not responsible for everyone else's happiness. So the good news is that codependency can be addressed, it can be overcome, you can heal the habits, and the biggest piece of this, I know for myself, has been self-care, and self-care is not selfish, guys. In fact, it's more crucial to, to your healing Um, And most important, it's really about exploring the roots of this people-pleaser feeling that you have to do, this fawning behavior, this over-accommodating behavior that you do. And see really where it began. Get to the root. Get to all the causes, the stories that you tell yourself. This also can be a manifestation of unresolved complex trauma, so some complex PTSD, I know for myself the deeper i went into my own healing journey i recognized that my fawning behavior began as a coping mechanism and was linked to my own diagnosis of complex trauma and ptsd so it's about self-discovery okay this is a journey toward recovery but self-discovery is really all about it awareness is everything you don't know what you don't know you have to learn so to begin it's crucial to become aware of this behavior recognizing how you often prioritize others at your own expense starting to let go of any shame that's associated with this response remember that it's developed as a survival mechanism so you can give yourself some compassion and then just really seeking the guidance of a therapist or a trauma coach that can provide this support on your healing path because again we always need that guide you know we really can't do this alone we don't need to do this alone And then start noticing and honoring your needs, right? This is part of self-care. It is a foundational piece. And people pleasers that have this fond response, guess what? You don't honor your needs. (laughs) You haven't been for a long time probably. And then you probably feel guilty like we talked about earlier, where you feel guilty actually even honoring your needs. Everybody else comes first. So this is about switching that role this is not about being selfish and then forgetting to take care of your kids or for like completely ignoring your partner it's about just recognizing what you can do to set healthy boundaries for yourself so that you can make sure that you are filling your cup and feeling best for you in your emotional home and then really understanding that anger has a purpose and allowing yourself to acknowledge all of your valid emotions. A lot of the times that we, we struggle to honor our emotions or we've been told they're bad or we've been told that we shouldn't have emotions, whatever the story is, recognizing this is part of healing as well and shifting that blame away from yourself and just feeling what you need to feel. And these are some ways that you can really start to pave the way to get healthier, become more authentically you, setting up these boundaries, and just being curious, right? This is about exploring your inner world. And I truly believe when a woman finally realizes that pleasing the world is impossible, she becomes free to please herself. And that's a quote by Glennon Doyle that I really love, because I think that we are always thinking that we have to figure everything out as people pleasers, and we just don't. We can give ourselves some compassion. So I hope this has been um, an amazing episode for you all that's giving you some great insights, some values, some things to reflect on, some things to really help um, Im- impact you in a way that you can take some value from this. But thank you for joining us on the episode of Goddess Rising. If you or someone you know is struggling with codependency or any related issues, please let them know about this podcast, send that to them, share, 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 and just remember that healing is possible and that you all deserve a life that is fulfilling and authentic in your fullest expression. So thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for listening to Goddess Rising. It would mean the world to me if you could like, subscribe, and share so that I can receive more listeners because this is how we each use our own voices to step into our own power, create change, and healing for others. Until next time, remember, you are the Goddess Rising.